The Entrepreneur Adventure, giving entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure podcast. I'm your host, Josh Melton, the side gig prophet. And friend, you and I will probably agree that you can't climb higher and faster than ever before if your health gets bad. And I'm not just talking about your physical health. It could be your emotional health. It could be your spiritual health. It could be your mental health. But what we know is that in order to climb higher and faster than ever before, you need to maintain optimal health. And today's episode is all about that. The serial CFO, Chad Brown, and I get a chance to sit down with Dr. Chaz Eber. Dr. Chaz is a former Division I athlete, has built two very successful chiropractic businesses. And when you walk into Dr. Chaz's office, you just know as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, this is a guy I want to know. He's written the book, on the art of optimal health. We'll talk about it in the episode, but my friend, what we know is that in order for us to be the best entrepreneurs and have the best entrepreneur adventure, we gotta maintain our health in the process. So without further ado, here's our interview with Dr. Chaz Ebert. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Melton, here with my co-host, who my kids know as Chatty, Chatty Brownie, but you guys know as the serial CFO, Mr. Chad Brown. Thank you, Josh. Great to be here today. And speaking of your kids, um, I got swindled, I guess is the correct term, uh, by Barrett for some raffle tickets. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, he's quite the salesman. You're, you're training him well. I'm training up listeners to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. That's what I'm doing, Chad. <laughs> Has he met his goal yet? He is, you know, I got two more tickets last night doing some Facebook live videos. He's like doing deals, man. He's What's like, he selling? Raffle tickets for school, for raising oh, money nice. for his school. But last nice. night he decided that he was going to throw in a, a free book that he wrote if you bought a ticket from him. So, oh, nice. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, order now and get this free yeah, book. Yeah, it really is. I'm like, man, we're gonna, this is awesome. You're on TV. But we're here today with our good friend, Dr. Chaz Ebert. Chaz. Thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, fellas. So Dr. Chaz is a chiropractor here in town. I was just telling Chad a minute ago that when I first walked in to Dr. Chaz's clinic, the business owner in me just like, man, the, the little bells were ringing, man. I was like, oh my gosh, check this place out. This is totally different than any other chiropractic clinic I've seen, the way he was doing things. And I was like, this guy's totally read the email. I want to, I got to get to know him. And it's been awesome uh, from there. So man, we'd love to hear more of your story how you got started in business, and then how, what led you to start the business the way that you've started it now? Like how you how you've developed as an entrepreneur and got this business system you got? But man, just kicking off, Mr. Serial CFO, what's your first question for Dr. Chaz today? Man, I'm I'm just excited to hear your story. Obviously, okay. you're not from Georgia. How'd you end up in Athens? How'd you end up in this career path? And and then as Josh kind of uh, is is explaining there uh, to to approach it from the the business aspect that you have in your industry is is somewhat uncommon. So I'd love to hear just a little more of your background of what brought you here and what started all this stuff for you. Ah, uh, chasing a girl. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, my wife is from Georgia. Her whole family's from Athens. That's that's okay. one of the big reasons why we're here. But yeah. uh, I grew up in Wisconsin, small town called Anigo, Wisconsin, north central Wisconsin, 8,000 people, very, very small. Uh, but a great place to grow up. And, and uh, it's funny, when I was in high school, I looked around, we're at my grandparents' house. They had a big Christmas gathering every year. Mm-hmm. And I look around and I start counting. I'm like, holy crap, I've got four chiropractors in my family, four cousins that are chiropractors. And I never realized it before. So I just went up to them. I knew nothing about chiropractic at this time. I'm just like, you know, what's this all about? What, what's, what's this chiropractic stuff all about? 
And every single one of them individually, because I was asking them separately, they're like, man, I just love what I do. I, I love what I do. I get to help people. I get to serve people. And I thought to myself, I'm like, how often do you ask somebody what they do in their and you can just see them light up, and they're, and they're passionate about it, and they, and they love what they do. I'm like, so that intrigued me right there. And then I got into the art and the science and the philosophy of what chiropractic is, and, and it just was really congruent with what I, what I kind of believe in and more of a, more, a little bit more of a natural approach, that type of thing, but all about optimal performance, optimal function, um, you know, and, and being your, reaching your full potential. And so that's what brought me to it and then just kind of slowly migrated south playing some baseball in college and then went to chiropractic school at Life University in Marietta met my wife who uh, was living you know was from Lake County and uh, then we went back up to Madison Wisconsin started a practice up there for a couple of years got sick of the cold and uh, sold that practice and came down to Athens we've been down here since 2013 so yeah that's kind of how we got got here and that's that's where we're at now Nice, cool yeah. story. So I've learned something already. I had no idea you had started and sold a practice before right. you yeah. ended up here. Yeah. So, tell us about that journey. Was that uh, uh, from an entrepreneur standpoint and from a business owner standpoint? Was it was it hard to sell? Was it easy to sell? Was that a good learning experience for you? It was a crazy situation when we did that. My wife had what then was my fiance moved up to Madison, Wisconsin. We were practicing there, and and we just started talking about you know starting a family eventually mm-hmm. we weren't ready there but like and then the, you know it's the middle of winter and it's 20 below and you're just like it is freezing and i, I thought i'd get used to it again because i grew up in it but no that's not the case and so <laughs> we're saying all right like long term where do we see ourselves right starting a family her whole family's down here i loved it down here when i went to school down here always loved athens and everything like like that and so we just started that conversation right and literally Within like a week or two, some random chiropractor in Madison who was an associate at another practice, he's like, hey, Dr. Eber, just reaching out. I'd love to come visit your office. I've heard good things. I'd love to just check it out. Young kid, you know, just pretty much out of school. I'm like, yeah, come on by. And he comes and visits. He's like, man, I just love what you're doing. This is cool. I really like the way you've, and we'll talk about, you know, systems and things like that. He's like, I really like the way you got things set up. This is exactly how I would like to do it. And he's like, I'm just looking for a practice to, you know, eventually get out of this associateship and either buy or or work myself into. And I'm just like, all right, what's happening here? You know, what what what's going on? And so I told my wife, then fiance, I'm like, this guy came by and he sounds kind of interested. And I'm like, my lease is up in June. I'm like, is this? I mean, if we're gonna do, if we're thinking about you know moving back down south, this would be the time to do it. And we thought about it, prayed about it, talked to a lot of people, and we're just like. Yeah, let's do it. And literally within a couple of months, he had a business loan and bought the practice, and and it was quick. It was within like two or three months. I mean, which is very rare. Usually, it takes maybe two or three years to find a good buyer for a practice. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, did it. Moved back down here. Um, moved so moved God down here. Was and, your business broker? It sounds like. What's that? So, so God was your business it, broker. hundred percent. Yeah, it's crazy how it all worked out. And that is so, wild. It, like, it was a yeah, crazy it's process. Usually, such a stressful, yep. planned process. How did you arrive at a number to sell it for? Did, so, so did, I did hire somebody that because I again I had never been through that process before. I hired a uh, practice broker that yeah. literally comes in. You know, you send them all your numbers, evaluates it, what it's worth, and we came upon uh, came upon a you know fair fair uh, number for both of us and and that was it and it was you know it was it was pretty smooth and and it's kind of funny when you're going i don't know if you guys have ever bought or sold businesses before but 
it's a str until until that deal is done it is stressful because <laughs> anything could happen it could fall through this and that mm -hmm. and it, luckily it went smoothly and no, sure enough we we sold it in june we moved down here like end of very end of june actually it was july it was right before the fourth of july and then i started up this practice here in january so it was and when, when was the time when you decided like i think we want to move back to georgia it was kind of when we were having those or those discussions of you know future plans, yeah. family plans, you know getting married, that type of thing. Where did we see ourselves in the next 10, 20 years? Just having those, which are kind of fun conversations in my opinion, when you're when you're sitting there trying to envision what your life's going to look like when you're just two young kids, basically. Um, and I always loved it down here. Like I, I I loved it down here, so I'm like, yeah, I'll go. I can go anywhere. I'll go anywhere. Like, but if your family's down there, and I've got family in Georgia as well. I've actually got more family now in Georgia than I than I do up in Wisconsin. They've all slowly migrated south. So uh, for me, it was like it made sense, and and yeah, so we've been thrilled. So, so you're a entrepreneur. You've sold your business up north. You're coming down to Georgia. Mm -hmm. This is a skill based service industry. What made you don't know anyone here? Right. Um, what made you decide to start from scratch as opposed to trying to buy or trying to partner? How did you arrive at the, the decision to, hey, I'm, I'm going to start this from scratch again and, and start over on my own? Great question. A couple, I would say a couple reasons. Number one, I did have some great mentors, um, mm -hmm. you know, going through school and and just reaching out to good people that were had their head, head on their shoulders, had good practices that I could model. And so I was confident in that. And number two, I'd already done it, so that helped too. You know, when when you've started one practice and built and it to a place, knocking on your door wanting to buy it, right? Uh, yeah, and, and that's a pretty confidence. confidence. That's right, right. And so I'm like, well, I'm, and it was scary. Like it's it's scary when you go into a place like literally. I moving back down here in the Athens area. I didn't I didn't really know anybody. My you know my wife has some connections and some family in the area, but other than that, I didn't know anybody. Um, but it's also fun and exciting and. Do I want to do it again? Not necessarily, but uh, <laughs> but it's fun, and and you know we got off to a good start, and just joining groups and kind of um, not marketing, but networking, I guess. Uh, that was the thing is I had to find a location, and I mean the build out was going to take ninety days at least, anyways. So I'm sitting there going, I have I have literally nothing that I even can do other than just get out, meet people, you know, join networking groups say hi to people, get to know people. And that that was a big part of hitting the ground running once we had the doors open. So Yeah, you did a great job of that. So that's interesting too. So I think our listeners would need to pick up on this. This is the time I got, this is when I met you. You had not even opened your right. doors yet. Right. You're out just meeting and greeting in the community, yep. going to networking events, doing your thing again, not coming in you're moving to a town where you don't know a whole lot of people. Right. You went out and built your network and did. You had some excitement about the opening of your business in a town where you know, businesses are open and closing all the time, but you build a solid network before you even open the doors. Which is, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'll be completely transparent. Like I'm not afraid to talk about this. I, it's so outside my personality to do that. I am quite the introvert, believe it or not. I, I I'm very introverted. I, I, I can talk to people. I read it best once. It's almost like, like you have a social battery. And some mm -hmm. people, when they meet with people and are around people, it charges that battery. And some people, it, it kind of wears that battery down. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I, I, it, it takes a lot of energy for me to meet and greet and network and this and that. Like, that's just, it's not exactly my strength. But 
I can do it, and that's what I did. I'm just like, hey, this is what I have to do in a, in a way. And so, yeah, the the uh, you know the the chamber of commerce things and and the um, the YPN things and the uh, the BNIs, any group. I'm telling you, it was like I was running for mayor, pretty much. I was like, if I can, if I can get in a group or shake hands or kiss babies, whatever I got to do, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try and do it. So that's, that's kind of what I did. Such awesome advice for the young entrepreneur. I see so many people when they're thinking about getting into business or they're starting a business, they want everything to be perfect mm-hmm. before they go live or before the, before they go out and become visible in the community or they start talking about their business. And this is an example of. The business is 90 days at best from opening the doors. It doesn't even exist, and you are beating the streets. You are, it's not a strength of yours. It's not something that you're uh, well researched or educated in. You just said, Hey, I need to put myself out there. I need to build a network of people and clients. And, and it sounds like it worked out awesome for you. You opened the doors and you went and staring at the walls, hoping business just walks in the door. I, I remember the first day we opened, and, and this is partially strategic but it, it was january 20th which is martin luther king day mm-hmm. and i'm sitting there going okay when exactly would be a good time to open and there are different with any business there are different especially in your business chad sure. you know there are different seasons of the business and you know when it comes to january a lot of people are thinking about their health you know resolutions things like that but also specifically january 20th i'm like okay a lot of people are off work that day it's my first day open, so I'm not seeing any current patients. So I can literally fill up my schedule with all new new patients. And so we, I mean, we started at like, I remember that first day, it was like 8 a.m. to like 7 p.m. straight through just seeing new patients. And I can't remember exactly how many people we had. But we had people like on the books ready to go. And that was just from planning that because I knew if I opened my doors, well, guess what? I have to be in the practice. It, it, you right. know, like the, like Ina says, there's a difference between working in your practice and or in your business or on your business. Sure. And when you're in your business, you can't necessarily work on your business. So, luckily, I just said I've got to be. I've got to have that first day jam packed and start it that first week specifically. Start it rocking and rolling because then there my time is going to be much less because I have to be in in the practice taking care of patients. So, kind of went like that. That's at least my that was my mindset. Yeah, now I'd love to talk to you since we're on this in okay. regards to how you set up your systems for your business. Because again, first day for me walking in, Chaz's clinic, I'm like, well, okay, this is different. One of the things that stood out to me was that I didn't have to set an appointment. Initial appointment, you set with Dr. Chaz, he comes in and you know, he goes through some things, you do a review, but after that, he, you get set up on a system for how often you're going to come a month, and you have windows of time right. where I can just show up. Yep. Whenever. I don't have to call ahead and book an appointment. I'll check this out. Chad, Chad's over here. He's, yeah, can't see so it. This, this is a video podcast. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, what? Great, wow. great, great podcast. I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm so intrigued. Right entire life on Outlook. How does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, I schedule dinners with my wife. But we're this talking is, about not scheduling like client services. Chad, Chad schedules what he's, no joke, he schedules what my he's heart's taking beating the, faster. When he takes <laughs> the trash out every week. And we're talking about a chiropractor. True story. Where you don't have to schedule it. So that that's one thing that called my eye, but the other thing was just the way that your your practice flowed in the systems. It was just from day one, the very first minute you step in, if you're a business guy at all, you're like, okay, tons of thought have gone into this. And one thing I see in that, Chaz, is that you don't battle the, I've got to be at work all the, all the time doing everything because you just built it from day one. Like, right. These are the time periods you can come in and you know get adjusted. Right. 
these are the times that you do appointments. Yep. You're, if I'm right, you're, you're still closed on Fridays. Yeah, I, I don't see patients on Fridays. Yeah, I mean, uh, it used to work. But so there's, there's a difference. Yeah, you guys know there's still work to be done, but sure. uh, but I, I, I don't see patients on Friday. And I, I don't mean to, sorry, I didn't mean to cut off your question no, 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 there, no. but. Um, Most people would think they're like, no, you can't be closed on a Friday. Right, right. Yeah, but you've prioritized making sure that you have a life and your time that you can actually choose what to do with it instead of feeling like, oh, i got to be sitting here at the office nine to five every single right. day. That's not the way your practice works. Right, right. Um, there's a lot of different ways I could go with all that information. Uh, and I don't mean to hijack your podcast here so you guys can cut me off at any time. Um, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big on a couple things. Number one is balance. And we talked before this about balance and, and that comes down to life balance too. Um, also, I, I'm pretty good at observing other people and modeling other people that I look up to in my specific, um, you know, business, I guess you'd call it. But you know, I, I do see a lot of chiropractors that maybe from an outsider standpoint, you want, you might not see this, but they get to be 50, 60 into their seventies and their bodies are completely broken down. Mm-hmm. It's a physical job. It, it, I mean, you, I don't know what you guys know about that, but when you're adjusting, you're bent over table all day long, you're, you're using your hands and shoulders and core and everything like that, it is, it's a physical job. So there, it's just like if I said, hey, Josh, I want you to work out the same muscle group every single day for the next 40 years. I'd say no. You'd say no. Yeah, you'd say no. Number one, you'd be like, oh, that probably would lead to an overuse type of an injury, something like that. So there's part of that where I got to let my body heal so that I can be my best for my patients. Anybody knows if you're if you're burnt out or tired, you're not going to serve your best. You're not going to serve your clients or your patients, patients or customers the best. So I think I, I one of my favorite quotes is rest is a weapon. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see a lot of entrepreneurs they neglect their rest, they neglect their health. We can get into that, but back to the systems, it goes back to number one, having good mentors, but number two, when I started especially the second practice, which was a blessing, it's almost like that first practice in a way was like, okay, you can make as many mistakes as you want and you just get to wipe the, wipe the slate clean and you get a do-over. Very rarely do people get that and I'm like, this is pretty cool. So what did I learn? And I was up there for two years, I two-year practice. What did I learn in those two years that I loved that I'm going to take down to this practice? What would I change? What would I do completely different? What would I absolutely destroy and blow up and not do ever again? And I got to start over. And so when I was sitting there, I'm going, all right, if I was going to go see a chiropractor or I was going to refer my mom or a loved one or somebody to a chiropractor, what is the process? What is, how would I like them to be treated? How would I like myself to be treated? Another thing I'm big on is efficiency. You know, as entrepreneurs, if anything, for me, I don't know if you guys are like this, but I don't like wasting time, you know, and I know people are like that. And and this day and age, especially with this day and age with social media, that people want stuff like now they want it quick. They want it efficient. They don't want to waste time. They don't want to sit in a doctor's office for an hour and a half, you know, waiting. Um, And so I'm like, how can we create systems to make it efficient, make an office visit efficient, but yet we're not we're not losing that connection either, because that's big too. There's there's yeah. there's a fine line. I, I always tell my my anybody that's coming to visit my office or anything like that, like don't be too slick. You know what I mean? Like there's a fine line, the, the, especially in doctoring patients, you can't be too slick. There's a there's a fine line of efficiency, but yet connection. Sure. So I don't know if that answers your question. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I love what you said there too. And just again for me bragging on your practice. 
the first time going in and there's very nice reception to student. I'm sure you've systematized. This is how we treat someone when they walk in. Right. But I have a, a card that I scan my name in, but I still have a human being that's there. It's right. like, hey, Josh, we're so glad to see you. I hope you're doing well. And they're going to get you some water. It's just so friendly. But then, so then I'm sitting there waiting, and the next thing you know, I hear, Josh Elm, table one. And I go in, and it, you know, they taught you this process already when you come for the first time. So it's not nothing's strange to you. You know what to expect. But then I go and I lay down on this table, you know, get ready for the adjustment. And you just kind of wait for a second. And then within just a couple minutes, Dr. Chaz is there. But at that point in time, you've all also just had a chance to, like, just breathe. Relax. Relax, right? 100%. So, the whole model, I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's like going through a Chick-fil-A drive-thru line these days. This is so like innovative for what you think it should be. And every single time I've ever gone to see Dr. Chaz, I'm in and out, at the most, 15 minutes. That's it so is valuable. So Again, That's awesome. With, now, and I, here's the great thing. I could set an appointment on my calendar. I'm going to see Dr. Chaz at 2 o'clock on Monday. But I don't have to call him and set the appointment. So we, we just have, to, to explain to you, Chad, we just yeah, have adjusting I'm, shifts throughout the day. Okay. That... Once you've once we've been through a consultation and exam and any X-rays or report of findings anything like that, that is scheduled because we want to take some time. We really want to sure. make sure we're not missing anything with your health. Once we've established that, we've established what program is best for you. Go over recommendations. We just have adjusting shifts throughout the day. You can come on in anytime you want within those shifts. We get you adjusted. You're typically out of there in about ten minutes. It doesn't take very long. Um, and you don't need to call like you know if if you if something crazy happens during this shift, just come to another one. You know it's pretty simple. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So, so how do you balance uh, the workload for you? How do, how do you make sure some shifts aren't overloaded, some aren't underloaded, or right. vice versa? How there, are you able to- it's funny because I, I I worried about that for a while. It's funny how naturally it just kind of spreads out. It's weird. I mm-hmm. I because I, I was the same. I'm like, oh boy. If, and I ran the numbers once. I think we see especially in my location in, in Watkinsville, um, we see a lot of people coming from Athens that get off work at, you know, let's say five. Sure. So it takes them, you know, let's say 30 minutes to, tw- you know, 15, it depends, 15, 20, 30 minutes to get out there depending on traffic. But I ran the numbers and we see, I think like 56 to 60% of all our visits are between five and six p.m. So that's like our busiest shift by far. I'm like, oh boy, this could this could be a, a bottleneck for our practice. Right. But it hasn't been yet, um, and there's things we can do to adjust to that if it ever does. But it's amazing how you know there's some people that would rather get up and see in the morning and lunch, and and uh, it kind of spreads itself out. There are some people that come and between that five and six shift, and it's funny they'll wait for like five minutes and be like, oh, I gotta go. I'm like, <laughs> now listen, I. I'm not trying to, you know, but they they're used to getting in and getting out, and, the, yeah. and they're used You're to setting so the bar so if, high. If they if they wait five minutes, they're like, oh gosh, this is an eternity. Yeah, I'm like, if you go to any other doctor's office, trust me, you're gonna be waiting a lot longer. So it's kind of funny like that. But and then they might find a different shift that works better for them. So it's it's pretty funny like that. But we haven't had that problem yet. So that's cool. Yeah, as the business owner and. Uh, the mental aspect for you, obviously, you're big serving, customer service sure. oriented from how you approach your business. Mentally, did you have to train yourself to be okay with that model of, okay, I'm sitting here not doing anything. How do I not panic about finances? Or, oh my God, there's seven people in the waiting room. How do I not panic about serving them well and getting them in and out of here in an efficient standpoint? Sure. That's a really good question. In I think this comes with just maturity and experience. Uh-huh. Those first couple of years in practice, and even starting, you know, the first couple of years here when I restarted basically the practice. Again, we've got these seasons of practice where 
in our in our profession, usually like the holidays are a little slower just because people are traveling, or the summers where families are taking their trips, things like that. In those first couple years, you like you panic, like, wait, where is everybody? Where did everybody go? You know, but then you just see that okay, well, January, February, March is and and the spring is usually very busy. Fall is very busy. Um, but you just kind of learn those seasons. So yeah, those first couple years, you kind of panic a little bit, and now it's just like. I know, I know how this. I know I've seen this movie before. You know, I know how this yeah. is going to go. Um, so I never really panic anything like that. As far as a mental standpoint of, of serving people, um, I I'm a big believer in you can't give what you don't have. So like I try to do what's. This might sound selfish, but you do need to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Nobody wants to see a stressed out chiropractor. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This guy's really good. No, he's really stressed out. Right. Sure. Right. But I can't sit here and tell, you know, Chad, if you come to see me or Josh, you come to see me and be like, Hey, you guys, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get you a great adjustment here, but you've got to do some things outside the office as well. You, you know, you've got to try to do your best and nobody's perfect. Cripes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough to, to be perfect, but you got to do somewhat good job of eating well and getting some exercise and limiting stress and trying to avoid toxins the best we can. You know, I'm far from perfect. Trust me. I, I mean, I enjoy drinking a beer and having pizza just like anybody else, but uh, you've also got to do some things that, that are positive for yourself, you know, so that you can come from a standpoint of, hey, I'm walking the walk a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking sure. the walk. I'm, I'm at least doing my best to get up and spend some time, you know, praying, meditating, getting some exercise, um, you know, drinking water, all those things that I, I think are really important from an entrepreneurial standpoint, or I think personally, I think that is such a niche that is missing in today's society. Not only in, I'm not even saying in like Athens area or, or Watkinsville, but like on a global standpoint of these entrepreneurs that are ignoring their health because they're working so hard or so much or so often that they might be making a ton of money, but their health is just deteriorating. And you see it a lot. Like you see people, they go through the stress and what it does to their body. Maybe you haven't seen anybody or seen some, a certain person in a while and they've gone through like a, their business might be booming, but you're like, boy, he doesn't look so good, Mm. you know, or, or, they look stressed or they don't look so healthy or people that work their whole lives, make a lot of money. And at 65, they retire and sure enough, within a year, they're diagnosed with some sure. you know, terrible disease or something like, what the hell is all the work for? You know, I don't know. That's just kind of how I think about it. I know when I started out as an entrepreneur, I had a, I had a full-time job. So I was right. a side gigger, right? So I got a side gig and it was 2006 time period. So the economy's going crazy, right? I mean, there's just opportunity out there. And man, in about six months, we just worked crazy hours all the time. Like my goal, this is this is funny. My goal every night was to be if I could get done before two o'clock in the morning, Jeez. I could still get fourth meal at Taco Bell. And seriously, that was like wow. the win for me. Can I get done by two two a.m. <laughs> to go to that Taco Bell? The one right around the corner from the office here. But could I get to Taco Bell on time? And so for again about six months, that was every night. That was it. And so it's yeah. a good it's a good detoxification plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some health benefits to Taco Bell. This podcast is right. not sponsored by right. Taco Bell. But the, it was the the hustle. And I was young, and so you have the feeling that you can just do that. Right. But I will tell you that the ramifications mentally and emotionally from burning it like that hard for six months and just not sleeping, it started, I got off track. Sure. It really had an effect on me. You have a, some, a background as a Division One athlete. Mm-hmm. So you played as a baseball yep. in college. So yep. you've seen... Probably, hey, with your desire to be a chiropractor, Division One athlete, you know some things about performance, rest, 
proper nutrition. Right. Talk to us about that a little bit. Like, what can entrepreneurs do to not get to not do it? What I did when I started out. Or again, some guys do that for a lot longer, where they you know fall asleep on their desk and break their nose because they're so worn out. Right. Uh, Ariana Huffington. What What can you give us? So what What can they do when you're getting pulled to like be there, do all the stuff, but also recognizing you need to stay and get help so you can actually run your business well. Right. I think. I think when it comes to health and wellness, I think if you if entrepreneurs put more focus into that, even though they think like, I don't have the time for this, I don't have the resources or, or don't, I think it's a multiplier. I, I really do. I really think if you focus on those things, you'd be very amazed and surprised at how your business grows and explodes and expands because you're taking better care of yourself. That's just my thought. I, I really believe it. But a few tips, briefly. For me, there are, there are five main areas of health when it comes down to it. five main things that if you do these five things, now there's a lot of things within those five things, but if you do these five things, there's a real good chance you're going to be very, very healthy. You're going to have energy. You're going to be feeling great, functioning better. You're going to be able to avoid some of the sicknesses and diseases and viruses that are prevalent in today's day and age. But number one, you got to eat well. All right. Nobody's perfect, but everybody can try to maybe increase their green and in, greens intake and decrease the sugar. I think sugar, and I'm terrible. I, I mean, I, I like I like pizza, I like pasta, I like that stuff. But if you can decrease the sugar intake, increase the healthy fats potentially, that's one thing. I'm a big fan personally myself. It's been a huge, huge um, benefit for me. And everything I say, please, anybody listeners out there, check with your physicians before you do any of this. I gotta, I gotta cover my butt that way. But uh, <laughs> this is what you do, right? Right. So this is, I guess, I can say this is what I do. I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. Okay. So, okay. so explain to us what that is. So intermittent fasting are basically periods of fasting where, where you're not eating. You're giving your metabolism a chance to catch up. You're allowing autophagy is the scientific word where your cells are turning over. Um, you know, we, I don't want to get too scientific here, but essentially there's different ways of doing it. You can, I mean, people have heard of a fast where you go, let's say days, possibly even weeks with a fast. I don't necessarily recommend that. Um, you can go an eat, stop, eat method where you go maybe one or two days a week where you don't eat, where you'd still be eating every day, but you go from like dinner to dinner without eating. So you go, you basically go on 24 hours without mm-hmm. eating. Which could look like eating dinner one night and then skipping breakfast the Correct. next day. Correct, exactly. And you do that once or twice a week. I don't like that because I just like more consistency. So what I do is I do what's called like a 16-8 fast, intermittent fast. So what I do is I have an eight-hour window where I eat my food. It's usually for me between 12 and 8 p.m. Sometimes it's typically between 1 and 9. It just all depends. Um, but 12 and 8. And I try to eat. You can eat. You can essentially eat the same things you would have anyways, but it's just got to be within that eight hours. And then the the research behind this, I'm not going to get into it now, but the research be- behind all this about how it prevents cancer cells and, and not only fat loss, that's, that's important and looking good, that's great, but I'm more concerned with how's your body functioning, how's your body healing, how's your body recovering and repairing, and the research behind that is very, very intriguing. So I do a 16-8. Okay, let me ask And you I don't do that every day. Like, if, if, if the wifey's making pancakes on Saturday morning, I'm having... I'm having pancakes, you okay. know. Right? So, you can, so you can still have food so you right. enjoy when you're doing something right. like this. Let me right. ask you this question, because most of us probably all our lives, we heard, like, you got to eat a good breakfast. Right. It's, the, yeah. it's the best meal of the day, right. or whatever they might have. It's good marketing by meal. the cereal companies. Is that what it is? No, so, I, yeah, mean, I mean, so tell us about that, because, again, for many of us have been trained to believe that we've got to eat a hearty right. breakfast. Right. And you're saying, I don't ever eat breakfast. 
or, or, or most days. Most days yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. only have to eat breakfast, it's the most important meal of the day. I spent the last 40 years eating breakfast. Right. How do I mentally adjust yeah. you'd be to surprised. breakfast? Yeah, you'd be surprised how it, it does take you know a week or two to really have it let your body. Sure. And, and you'll, you'll feel hungry. You'll... This is what you'll know. If you do stick to it and you do like, let's say a 12 to eight, where essentially you're exactly right. All you're doing is essentially, now some people, if you love breakfast, fine. Your window could be eight to four, you know, and, and you're eating a really early dinner. That's fine. That's that's probably even a better way of doing it because you're giving your, when we talk about sleep, a lot of times people are eating too late before they go to bed and that's affecting their sleep cycles. Anyways, um, but back to that breakfast, if you break the word down, it's the break of a fast. And so, yeah, I think there is some marketing to it. Um, some people say it, it jumps, it jump starts your metabolism by eating in the, in the morning. If it works for you, fine. I, I just, for, I go by what kind of works for myself and I've really enjoyed just skipping breakfast. I feel like you actually have more energy. You'd be surprised after you've done it for a couple of weeks and your body's somewhat used to it. You'd be like, Man, I feel great. Like I feel more energetic. I've, I've got more energy. And then sometimes, even when you do start eating, or that day where you, you do have the breakfast and you know things like that, you're like, "Oh, I need a nap. Like I need a nap. Like I'm tired." It's crazy how your body kind of responds to that. So hope yeah. that answers so, your question. So hold on a second now. I have a really important question, <laughs> okay. uh, and I want to just kind of take this on the surface level and run with it, and not ask this. But uh, I feel like uh, this question has to be asked from my side because this. Could be the deal breaker or not for, for me trying this sure. uh, 16 8 fasting. Is this just food or does this include coffee as well? So, there, Very there's a gray area. Personal yeah, question there, there's, here there's a gray area. Water is, you, you should be drinking water sure. all the time. You're, you're fine with that. There are some people that say, yeah, coffee's fine. There are some people that say, you know what? Maybe you should give your body a real break. You know, even. Even though, and there's, man, mixed research on whether coffee's good for you or bad for right. you. It's Depending crazy. On the year, it's every back year, and forth. yeah, it's, it's weird. I only read every other year when it's exactly. really good for you. Exactly. <laughs> so there are some people that say, you know, coffee's good for you. Go ahead, do it. And then other people are like, well, maybe give give your body a little break even from that. You know, let's sure. the adrenals. Let's face it, coffee's going to be a, a, you know, exciting type of a thing where it's going to cause the adrenals to kind of kick in a little bit. Um, I don't drink coffee, so it's tough for me. I, I know people look at me like, "What?" Um, for gotta, me, it's not that. Change chiropractors. Yeah, it's now. not that hard. <laughs> but uh, you could, first of all, let's put it this way: if if you were going to start it, I would say keep the coffee to start, because obviously, a you, smart decision. You'd be a, it. You'd be maybe a bear if you you know if you just did. Hey, I'm not just not going to eat or drink coffee. Talk to Chad to right, run. Right. <laughs> So definitely I would maybe ease into it a little bit sure. where you keep the coffee and then maybe eventually maybe just try it. You yeah. know, once you're used to not eating till noon, if that's what your window is going to be, then you do that for a while and then you say, you know what, maybe I'll just try a week without the coffee and see how that goes. Or you could just delay the increment uh, or incrementally push back when you had your first cup of coffee. Right. Too, right? Like sure. it's, yep. it's not like going to be day one. Yeah. One thing I will tell you, just a quick tip for you, I don't know how late you drink your coffee but i, I can't drink it past a certain point right? i was gonna say if real, you, real trouble yeah sleep you do yeah. need to in my opinion to shut it off you know two or three o'clock in the afternoon at the right. very latest yep. otherwise you're going to be getting into your sleep cycles and that's going to affect you know sleep and i think sleep is one of the most underrated things in health today and especially with entrepreneurs like if you're not getting seven plus hours of sleep and listen i've got a two-year-old the last two years i mean everybody who has kids that's a season of life where you might not be getting seven hours every single night, but 
there are athletes now like uh, you know LeBron and Jordan Spieth and uh, Tom Brady, all these people. You, you look at them now, they're trying to get nine or ten hours of sleep every night. Obviously, they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars to perform. I get that, but it just goes to show you how important that is. It, it, it literally washes your brain out uh, every night, basically. And I know, I think we're planning on setting up a talk with the 12-2 mm-hmm. group. I would really like to talk about some latest research that I saw about mental health and how brain health and mental illness are all tied together and there are certain things that we can do. I'm not a psychiatrist, but there are certain natural things that we can do to build our brain health and in, in, in response to that, it's going to help with mental illness. I'm not saying don't take medications. I'm not saying don't get, go get professional help. But if you do these things along with it, it can really, you know, Catalyst, uh, be a catalyst for good change. It's just okay. I'm getting off track there. But. That, that's good advice. I was, for five or ten years, I was the entrepreneur that was brewing a pot of coffee at yep. 9 o'clock at night. Yep. And man, just so detrimental to my health and focus and productivity. Uh, yeah, I've learned from those days. So food, Eating intermittent well. fasting, yep. really important from an entrepreneur standpoint. What are some other things from a health Yeah, uh, so, so aspect? real quick, I know we don't have all day, but um, um, eating well is number one. Um, uh, moving well, getting some exercise, and mm-hmm. a lot of people think they've got to go to the gym for two hours a day. Not the case. Heck, if you're in an office and you just stand up and run in place for 60 seconds, that's a good workout. It really is. Trust me, you'll be huffing and huffing and puffing after 60 seconds of just running in place. Um, but you can do, you know, yoga, walking, whatever it is. We just movement is medicine, in my opinion. What's so, the minimum here for it? Because again, we're talking to entrepreneurs who most sure. likely are probably strapped for time. At least they think they are, right? right. What's the minimum amount of movement that somebody needs to get in a day to, to have the, the benefit the best benefit? Right. Well, it it all depends on you know I've been a also a National Strength and Conditioning Association personal trainer certified personal trainer for geez sixteen years now. Um, so there's different things. People you hear the ten thousand step, you know, kind of not rule but guidance of you should get ten thousand steps a day. For some people that are working on a computer all day. That ain't happening. You know, there's no way that's happening. That doesn't mean that they can't get up every hour and, you know, do a few yoga poses or or run in place, like I said, or even marching in place with crossing your opposite arm to your opposite leg. Neurologically, that's a cross-crawl pattern. I'm, I'm getting, I'm geeking out here. I'm nerding <laughs> out on you. But uh, but neurologically, that can stimulate the brain where that can be a quick wake-up call. I tell, I tell my patients, like, if you're sitting at a desk or you're driving for a long period of time and you're filling up with gas... March in place, swing your arms, and then touch your opposite arm or opposite elbow to your opposite knee or things like that. And what you do when you cross the midline of the body is neurologically, it just fires all these brain, these, these receptors. So you can do stuff like that. I don't think there's any minimum. It also, it also depends on the intensity. Like yeah, I said. You told me before, and this was a game changer for me, about uh, hit training. Right. And I'd never heard of it before. I was all right. What is this? So can you just briefly tell us what that is and how somebody who doesn't think they have a lot of time can? Right. So HIT training stand H I I T high intensity interval training. That's what HIT training stands for. That is the the very short duration but very high intensity. And again, you got to check with your physicians. Make sure you're ready to do this. But one of my go tos is literally I call it a 2020 um, 2020 workout or 2020 HIT program. It's 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off three times that's it you're done in two minutes wow two minutes and you can literally do just about anything you want like i said if you don't want any equipment run in place jog in place march in place whatever's best for you some people marching in place that's all they can do great 
that's your kind of max effort. If you're in good, a little bit better shape, you can jog in place. If you're in really good shape or an athlete, you can sprint in place, get your knees up. You can jump rope. You can do kettlebell swings. You can do burpees. You can take this anywhere. If you have an elliptical, you can do elliptical, spin bike, whatever. 20 on, 20 off. In two minutes, you're done. You do that three times. And trust me, at the end of those three minutes, I'm sorry, three, three sprints, two minutes, you will be huffing and puffing. But here's what the research shows. You're burning fat, two minutes of work, you're burning fat for up to 38 hours afterwards. Wow. So talk about a good return on investment. I mean, you can't beat that. So when you're talking about minimum, I mean, if you can set your alarm two, anybody can set their alarm two minutes earlier and get that get that working or do it at lunch. And that was great marketing too, Jazz. You said return on investment. Yeah. Oh, I love it. There you love go. It. Yeah. 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 ROI. Love language there. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> exercising one uh, real quickly. Um, I think uh, you got to think well. Minimizing stress. That's where sleep comes in. I'm a big fan of meditation. I try. I meditate for ten minutes every day. Um, prayer. You know those types of things. Um, decreasing stress. Being grateful. I mean, just having an attitude of gratitude. It sounds cheesy and cliche, but I think it's so important. Um, minimizing toxins is a big thing. So that's where water comes in. You want to be shooting for half your body weight in ounces of water per day. Now, for me, that's tough uh, because I'm running to the bathroom every two minutes. But um, you at least want to increase our water intake, so that's going to flush out the toxins. You also want to try to avoid toxins in your environment, what you're putting in your body, what you're putting on your body. All those things affect your health. And then I'm biased, but obviously uh, having proper nerve system function, that's where chiropractic comes in. But also things like breathing techniques, uh, yoga, all these things can affect your nerve system, um, different different techniques, but chiropractic obviously is what my specialty is and that that's where I affect the nerve system to make sure the brain and the body are communicating together. So all of your organs and tissues and cells are getting the proper messages from the brain and vice versa so that your brain knows what, or your body brain knows what the body needs and body knows telling the brain what it needs. And there's a good communication loop between the brain and the body. And that can get out of whack, right? 100%. Just yep. like our businesses can. Yep. We got something going on over here in the corner and we don't know what it is. Something's not getting invoiced. Yep. You're servicing a client for six months and, oh, this guy never told me we had a new client we've never billed them. They owe us right. $15,000. I mean, that stuff happens in right. business. We just, our systems get out of whack. So our bodies are the same way, right? 100%. Yep. And that's where I think, I think, I mean, I don't know if, I don't think I'm going to be the person to do it, but I think there's a huge niche in the market these days for bringing this health and wellness aspect to entrepreneurs. I, I really, I really think that is... You watch, I think in the next 20 years, I think meditation studios are going to start popping up just like yoga studios are, are now. I think those are going to start popping up. I think it's. I think there's going to be a lot of consultants brought into these bigger companies to develop a wellness program for not only the, the executives but the employees. I think that's the next you know, 20, 30, 40 years. I, re I That's me personally. I think that's the case. There you go, young entrepreneur. Right, so exactly. Start looking at a meditation studio. Yeah. Go to a chamber event for 90 days. Right. If you, you sell some dreadlocks, you'd be in business, right. man. Uh, just give me the royalties. What, no. <laughs> that's what's kind of messed up about that idea, though, is that is that the typical kind of type A entrepreneur would think more on like, I don't talk about meditate, man. That's right. for hippies. And right. what we're seeing is like, no, 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 no. LeBron James is taking he's taking a nap every day. Right. You know, Ariana Huffington, some Michael Hyatt, these guys are like doing things that we would almost consider weak. It's like, no, it's not weak. This is as you said, rest is a weapon. We're rest is a weapon. It's a multiplier. In my opinion, it's a multiplier. And I'm a personally, I'm a living, breathing entrepreneur example of that change. I spent at least five to ten years of my entrepreneur journey thinking 
work and more work was the answer. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is my mentality was I was always working more to one day work less. Right. So it was, I wanted to work less. My goal was to work less, but I was just more and more. It was the staying up till two in the morning working like you were talking about, Josh, drinking coffee t- 20 hours a day. Uh, and then I don't know what changed for me. I don't know what this brought this about. I think when I turned 35, I started seeing the real uh, health effects of I started having some real issues uh, with that kind of lifestyle. Sure. My age caught up with me, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Now that I've changed what I eat, I work out every day. All these things I never thought I had time for. These things I thought was going to take energy away. I'm so much better at my job. I'm so more focused. I'm so more productive. Like it, it has truly changed my life as a business owner and I'm way better now than I've ever been. And and I'm working less. I'm spending more time on my body and my health and, and I'm just a way better uh, service to my clients and my employees. Uh, I mean, can I ask you, what do you say like from those little, those few things that we talked about, whether it be exercising or eating well or sleep or anything like that, what would you say is if you could pick one, I know it's tricky, but like if you could pick one that made the biggest difference for you, what do you think that would be? Exercise by far. Yeah. Okay. By far. I, awesome. I'm a night person. Sure. I'm not a morning person. I I never thought I was capable of getting up early enough to exercise. Uh, I started getting up at, at six and exercising for it, it was twenty. It started at twenty minutes. Sure. I wanted to exercise for twenty minutes before I started my day, and that's turned into thirty and even more now. Sure. But I crave that so much now. That yep. has made such a drastic difference in my structure of my life. My it's energy. a good habit. It's a it positive is, habit. It's such right? a good habit. Yeah. Like it, it has changed. It seriously has changed my entire life, personally, professionally. And now, if I do not do it, I feel lost during the day. Like I, I crave it so much from the energy, from a routine, uh, everything around it. For it's that that habit is ingrained in what I always want to do for the rest of my life. And sure. it started out for me that I signed up for an event or, or, or an athletic challenge, and that was what prompted me to that. And it was just to get to that challenge or achieve that goal, and then I would, I would stop it, and I was going to go back to doing something else or sure. something different. Um, but, you know, it's tax season right now. I'm working 12 hours a day. But right. I still have the time to get up and work out for That's 30 awesome. 40 minutes. Good for you. And I love it. You you hit on something too that one of my one of the, like the leading wellness doctors in the world his name is J- James Chestnut. Unbelievably smart guy. Um, I've had the privilege of hearing him talk several times and there are people that are are highly motivated to exercise and there's people that have been out of that for so long that it, they think like if I'm an exercise I got to go join a gym. I got to go do this. I got to sure. make this huge leap. Where he's like, "How about you start here?" How about you just lay out your your workout clothes and your walking shoes the night before, and all I want you to do is when you wake up, put on those exercise clothes, put on your your shoes, and just go outside. <laughs> do nothing else. Such just go outside. Advice. He's like, that's all I want you to do is get dressed and go outside. And what happens? They go outside. You know, what the heck? I'll walk around the block. Next yeah. thing you know, they're walking for 20 minutes. Next thing you know, they're... It's just unbelievable how you got that cascade of yeah. all it takes is just a small little nudge to get you going in the yeah. right direction. And, and you're so creating like, that's some positive momentum. Even right. It seems, seems insignificant because it seems small, but all of life's great changes typically it's not some giant leap you take. It's some small step you take that then leads you to the next small step, right? Yep. I've heard you say this to somebody before in regards to asking about intermittent fasting. Sure. And you said... Don't change your diet at all at first. At first, right. Just if you eat a Chick-fil-A every meal, eat Chick-fil-A every meal. Yep. Just, just eat just within the window. Just eight-hour window right. Chick-fil-A. Because, again, it's, it doesn't 
hey, go around, go completely change everything about your life. It's impossible. They're not going to do it, right? right. We just don't have the bandwidth, the overwhelming majority of us to make that happen. This is not going to happen for us. So I'll say this, going on what Chad was saying with the exercise, because I am one of those people who just stopped exercising. And this year I made it a point, like I've got to get this area of my life. This is the one thing that I can focus on that will have the biggest impact. One of the areas I saw it make the biggest impact was my sleep. Mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. reasons. I sleep better and I prioritize sleep more. If I'm tired, I don't try to stay up and do the extra work. I'm like, you know what? My brain's not operating optimally right now. If I try to do this work, it's going to take me twice as long. I'm going to sleep. And when I sleep, I sleep. Yeah. Like it has been awesome for me. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case for everybody. I know it's not. But for me, it has been. My, I've been sleeping so much better this year because of the exercise that I have in years. That's awesome. Feeling more rested, feeling better about what I'm doing, you know, and, and the other areas of life, the ripple effect of that. If you can throw in, I will say this, um, obviously any type of movement for, you know, everybody's on different levels, but if you can, and, the, and this is just what the research shows, if you can throw in just some strength training, some simple, simple strength training, the research shows even if you're doing that once a week, and and there's, a, there's something called super slow strength training. Um, Dr. Doug McGuff is a guy he did a ton of research, wrote a book. It's called, I think, uh, Body by Science, something like that. And this is what I've been doing recently. Talk about people that don't have a lot of time. You literally, he has you do five exercises. You use a machine, use the machines, which some people say free weights are better. I'm not, you know, I'm a personal trainer. I, as long as you get movement, I'm happy with it. But you do five exercises on machines. You do one set. And it's usually around, he does it by time, but usually it's around like five to six repetitions. Mm-hmm. But you're using somewhat of a significant weight. But here's the deal. You're moving, let's say if you're doing a chest press, you're moving that weight almost as slow mm-hmm. as you possibly can. So it's real easy on the joints because you're not you're not creating a lot of you know force or jerking around or anything like that. So it's pretty darn safe. Once a week, you do those five exercises, one set of like five to six reps. His whole workout is like 10 minutes. Oh, wow. So you got strength training done in 10 minutes a week. You know, and, and the research behind what that does for not only your body, but your cardiovascular system. People think, well, what does weight training have to do with cardiovascular? It does. It, it helps your heart. Your heart's a muscle. Um, tendons, ligaments all get stronger. And you talk about people as we get older, you know, preventing falls. That's a huge thing in my practice. If people get in there, all right, now we have a fall. Let's say we knock on wood, you know, break something. Our bodies are going to heal. We're, we're pretty darn healthy. We're pretty young still. But when you get in your 70s, 80s, and you have a fall and you break a hip, statistically, that's bad news. So if you can keep that bone density, if you can keep that strength and the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments, I think you're just, I think that's a big, big piece of the puzzle when it comes to overall health and longevity and injury prevention is at least mixing in a little bit of strength training, you know, once or twice a week would be so, good. Yeah. So we've talked about uh, some strength training. We talked about entrepreneur. Sure. We talked about the performance athlete side. Yeah. Uh, for you, from a client standpoint, uh, do you service all clients? Is there a certain? Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, uh, sorry, I don't, I, I get excited. I get excited. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you ask the question. I'm like, oh, I know where he's going. Um, so Obviously, I've got to protect privacy, but this week we have a, uh, just had a, I mean, we take care of babies all the time, and people are like, chiropractors and babies, babies what? Yeah. Acid reflux, three-month-old, terrible, projectile vomiting all day long. There's certain, I got certain tricks up my sleeve that we can do. Three visits, she's doing amazingly better. Mom's like, oh my gosh, what did you do with my baby? Like, this is amazing. We can actually, you know, do some stuff she can eat. That happens all the time. We take care of people our age, you know, that are, you know, Working hard, aches and pains. 
Um, just had a lady in her 90s come on in. You know, so it's anywhere from, you know, I adjusted my daughter when she was literally an hour old. Now, people think chiropractic, they're thinking twisting and cracking and popping. That's sure. not what's going We've on. With, yeah, that's not going on with the infants. That's, that's for sure. And with the 90-year-olds, we're not, there's different things to do, and I'm not going to get all into that, but very gentle, very specific. So we, our range is literally an hour old to, you know, in their nineties, um, and taking care of a lot of different people with that, a lot of different things. That's awesome. And this is a space I'm not familiar with at all. Sure. Um, do you need aches and pains to go? Should you be going on a certain, uh, schedule anyway, just to stay healthy and, and maintain that level of performance? You're asking a chiropractor. I, I, <laughs> yeah, so, fair enough. So, um, should you get your taxes done over here? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I have a little bit of the ball in my court called the government, the IRS. That, that <laughs> right. Making you do it. <laughs> but to answer your question, it's just like, it's no different than brushing your teeth, eating healthy, exercising, you know, the, the, the mental stuff that we talked about earlier, meditation. You don't have to do those things. You don't have to. Nobody's forcing you. But life's a lot better when you do, right? Sure. Which you've noticed. And I think like, hey, if... If God gave me one spine, I've never heard of a spine transplant. Never heard of it. Very good salesman. Right? So if you only got one of them, you should probably take good care of it. And that's what we kind of do is, is we take good care of that spine so that it can last you not only when you're young and, and you can function better when you're young, but thinking of you have 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road and you're in your 80s or 90s or even making it to 100, you know, you're able to do things you love. You're able. I, I can't tell you how many people come into me in their 50s and 60s and say, I can't play with my grandkids. I can't get down on the floor and get back up. Like, that stinks. That breaks my heart. But it's awesome to see after, you know, a few, few weeks of care or something like that, they're like, Doc, I can play with my grandkids. And that's what it's all about. I can sit here and say, Chad, I can help you with your headaches or your neck pain or, or back pain or whatever that is. Great. But how does that affect your life? That's what I'm all about. Is I want when I that's in, in my consultation. I'm asking them, hey, when we get you doing better, what positive changes is this going to make for you in your life? Like, how's this affecting your life? And people start crying. They're like, I can't play with my grandkids. I can't. It might be I can't play golf. Whatever that is for them, that's what I'm after. I want to get them back doing their life better. Um, you know, those headaches are one thing. It, it's like, what's the saying? Nobody goes to Home Depot to buy a drill. They go to buy a hole. If that makes sense. Nobody goes to Home Depot to buy a drill. The drill's pointless. You right. want you want the hole, right? Sure. So it's kind of like that. Like, yeah, we can get rid of headaches or neck pain and back pain, but what's the bigger picture? How's that going to affect your life? And that's that's what I'm really all about is helping people get their lives back and help them do what they love to do. So I don't know if that answered your that, question. It, it does. Yeah. That's amazing and, and really uh, helps uh, paint the full picture of uh, of the value of the services and the things you're able to provide uh, two questions as we wrap up here. Sure. Uh, like, like I feel every, like we can keep going. I, I agree. We, one of these it is. Yeah. We've got to do this again. I have <laughs> right. so many more questions and so many more things I want to talk about. But but two questions to wrap us up. Uh, number one would be, what's the future hold for you? Um, where, where do you want to go from here from a business standpoint? And the second thing is, where can people find you? Tell us a little bit about where you're at on social media, where your office is at, sure. and, and ways to contact you. Hey, can I jump in real quick to, sure. on, on framing that first question there too? Because what you do is as a skill-based entrepreneur, like it's not like you just, I own a commercial cleaning company. You know, I can hire people and train them to do what I do relatively quickly. Uh, for you and Chad, both, you're, you know, you have a very specific skill set that's a service you provide to people, 
And you got to build your business off that. Like Liam Neeson, is that what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Very special skills. Yeah. Uh, like, but no, it's just a little different because for you guys to grow and scale your business, it looks different than for me to grow and scale my business. Uh, I can hire a lot faster. You guys can have a smaller talent pool to, to hire from than I do. But yeah, so in that, what's the future hold for you in your business and your business model? I'd love to hear what if your plans are to grow I have no larger. Clue. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I have no man. clue. Um, yeah, it's something you think about a lot in – Again, uh, you know, the old saying, you make plans and God laughs. So you really don't know. But obviously, we want to continue to grow, and, and that just means helping more people and serving more people. And yet, I, Josh, you know, we've been out to lunch a lot and chatted. If, if there's one thing I'm all for, it's simplicity. Like, I like keeping things simple and efficient and clean, and and uh, I don't like inefficiency. I, where, yeah, that might limit my growth a little bit. But it might keep me a little bit more, give me a little bit more peace of mind, you know. And, and I'm never going to sacrifice my mental health or, or stress levels for, you know, more growth or anything, anything like that. So that, that that answer does that answer the question of do I bring other people on? Do I hire another doctor as an associate or things like that? One thing that's intriguing to me that I've thought about and I've seen other people do is almost doing. And I'm not, you know, I'm thinking down the road here, but almost doing like a practice share, whereas. Maybe again, people are like, "Gosh, Doc, you only work four days, anyways. You, you, la- you lazy bum." But uh, that's not true. I do work more than that. But but instead of working, let's say let's say four or five days, now I'm only working three, let's say, or two or three. But I have another doc that's working those days that I'm not in the office. Does that make sense? Sure, so absolutely. So you're almost doing almost like a practice share type thing where we've both got our practices. They're in the same building, but they're somewhat separate. And we have overhead. Right. Two exactly. Doctors, yeah. Yep. Exactly. So that's just something that, you know, I've thought about. I've seen other do other other people do successfully. Um, so that's just something that's on my mind potentially for future plans. Yeah. Well, it's cool with both of you guys too, is that you love what you do. Mm-hmm. You both love what you do. You serve people at a high level. And so I could see in your instance, like, well, I don't have a problem coming in and seeing people. Because right. again, I'm seeing these, I'm I'm helping people change their lives. I'm helping right. granddads throw, you know play pitch with their grandsons right. when they couldn't do it before. So you know, what better way to make money than doing now, something Now, this could change. This could change. But if you ask me now, I don't really plan on retiring. I really don't. And there's a lot of research behind what happens when people retire. Mm-hmm. From a health sure. standpoint, from a mental standpoint, I mean, I think they said the the two most dangerous years of your life from a mortality standpoint, this is kind of depressing, but are your first year and the year you retire. Like, wow. if you look at the stats, wow. it's crazy because people kind of lose that purpose and, you know, they might they might be, you know, doing other things that maybe if they had more of a schedule, they wouldn't be. Um, now, does that mean I might scale back a little bit? And, yeah, that, that could be. But if you ask me now, and you might ask me in five years, be like, no, yeah, I'm definitely retired. I'm hoping <laughs> to retire early. But uh, I don't plan on it. Like, I, I could see myself practicing, even if it's one or two days a week, for a long time. And so I always think long-term and big-picture type things. So, and, and wrap it up here, I, before we leave, I, can't, I wouldn't be kind to our listeners if I didn't talk about this and give you a chance to, to promote it, but uh, you wrote a book a couple yeah. years back. Yeah. I read the book. I love it because it is very practical. Right. Chaz, he's not trying to impress you with any lingo in the book. He's like, hey, here's what you can do. Here's what I do. This will help you reach your full potential. Tell us a little bit about the book, where our listeners can find it. Sure. The book is called The Art of Optimal Health. The Art of Optimal Health by 
Myself, Chaz Ebert, Dr. Chaz Ebert. You can find it on Amazon. Amazon, it's ten bucks. Um, it and we're going back to efficiency. I'm a big reader. I like reading. I like learning. Everything like that. But what I can't stand is when you have a book that's 400 pages that could have been 150, and there's a bunch of fluff. I can't stand that. So this book. Now, don't quote me on this. I think it's like 70 pages. It can be read in an hour. That was my goal. I'm like, I want to get everything, everything that. I've learned that I do for myself and that I recommend for my patients in a book that people could read in an hour. And it goes into those five main categories of health, eating well, moving well, thinking well, limiting toxins, um, increasing function of the body, uh, maximizing function. And it goes into five different things within those categories of what you can do. And so, and there's simple things. It's straightforward things. There's no BS in that book. I mean, like I said, I'm just like, I want it to where people can read it quick and they can start implementing things, you know, so the intermittent fasting is in there, the, the HI or the HIT training is in there, the super slow training is in there, chiropractic, a little bit about chiropractic. I didn't want to make the whole book about chiropractic. So it's, it's a lifestyle thing. I hand it out to patients. I, you know, things like that. So if you want to check that out, I, I mean, a lot of people, I've gotten good feedback on it. I don't mean to pump my own tires, but we've gotten some good feedback on it and it seems like it's helped a lot of people. I didn't have to look at the dictionary one time when I read it. It, just right, right. Things. it was easy to comprehend. Keep it simple. And, yeah. and, and just did a lot of that. Favorite book you would recommend to any entrepreneurs out there right now? Ooh, wow, that's a tough one. Um, boy, there's a lot of Here, Here's what I'll say, and it'll be, it'll be a kind of a crazy one. It's called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. And I kind of modeled my book after, after this one. Now, they just came out with a second version of it that's a little bit longer, but the original version is like 60 pages. Real thin book, and it's all about like meditation and, uh, and loving yourself. And it talks about this guy who's a very successful entrepreneur in San Francisco doing like tech stuff or something like that, and extremely successful completely unfulfilled and completely unhappy with his self and his life. And he just started meditating like seven minutes a day. And all he would do, his anchor when, his, when he was meditating was like, I love myself. That's all he, that was his anchor. So when you meditate, you anchor on something, it might be your breathing, whatever. He's like, I love myself. I love myself. And then throughout the day, I love myself. And he asked my question, questions like, if I love myself, what would I do in this situation? Would I eat like this? Would I exercise like this? Would I, would I be in these relationships? Um, and it's just an extremely powerful book. Now, you're, most people are thinking like, I'm looking for systems or e-myths or that, those type of books. Man, I think that book could be just as powerful as any business or marketing book that you could read. I really, I really believe that. So that's probably the one, a little bit off course, but that's probably what I would recommend. That's awesome. Well, t- tell us where we can find you online. Uh, we are at fp, fpchiro.com. That's F is in full, P is in potential, C-H-I-R-O.com. Uh, name of the practice is Full Potential Chiropractic in Watkinsville, Georgia on Hog Mountain Road. Um, yeah, I mean, we just, we're, we're there for people that either are struggling with their health or just want to take their health to the next level. We, we'd love to sit down and chat with you. And, you know, we're pretty laid back. We, uh, you know, if we can help you, I'll tell you. If, if we can, I'll, I'll tell you that too. So don't mean to make a shameless plug, but we, <laughs> we just want to serve people and help people that want to take their health to the next level. You guys look Dr. Shaz up on Facebook as well. He does uh, videos at least every week that yep, are weekly. health tips and whatnot. Yep. So uh, you can get some value from that as well. So Dr. Shaz, we appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I had a blast. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please be sure to like and subscribe to The Entrepreneur Adventure wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.theentrepreneuradventure.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And remember, The Entrepreneur Adventure does not have to be traveled alone, but is a journey to be shared. We'll catch you next time on Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before.